friends, let's pray. Father, thank you for all of the blessings you pour out on us day after day. Father, today we especially want to thank you for bringing us here or, or giving us the opportunity to watch online, to just hit the pause button in our lives to listen to your word, to find rest for our souls in the message of a Savior who, who loves us, who died for us, and who rose for us to give us peace, joy, and life eternal. Father, as we listen to that word today, help us to, to, to just put aside the daily struggles and the daily routines and grinds that we all face so that we can hear this word, so that we may turn and repent where needed and rejoice in forgiveness and life that is ours. Father, help us to find that rest today as only you can give. We pray this in the one who purchased and won that rest for us through his life, death, and resurrection. His name is Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Whether you love them or hate them, we all have them. Right? We, we all have these daily routines that we all have. And I would guess that a lot of your routines, that they kind of overlap. We have similar ones, right? Like, for example, you get up, put some clothes on, brush your teeth, get some breakfast, get ready for work if you're not retired, Maybe get ready for your day, whatever you're going to do around the house, some gardening if you are. If you have kids at home, you've you got to scramble to get them ready. You get in the car, you grab your coffee, your tea, or whatever it is you drink in the morning. You head out the door, you go to work, you go to school, you do your things, you run your errands, you come home, you have dinner, you do the dishes, you get ready for bed, you go to sleep, you wake up, you do it all over again the next day. Now, routines, in some respects, are really good. A routine kind of gives us structure, it gives us direction, and I've often found in my own life that, that when I get out of a good routine, you kind of notice, right? Maybe you're not eating as well as you should, you're not getting that exercise, you're not sleeping as good, you're not in God's word as much, and, and I don't know about you, but, but I realize, I find like when I'm not in those good routines, you can tell. And on the flip side, when you are, not that life is perfect, not that you don't have issues, but, but it's like you're set up to be able to deal with those things in a better way. Yet on the flip side, routines can get kind of mundane, right? All the things I said before, you, you, you do them all, and then the next day you do them all again, and the next day you do them all again, and the next day you do them all again, and they can get really, really, really mundane. Maybe even to the point where, where you kind of get tired out by it, right? You guys have heard the phrase, the daily grind, right? Not necessarily a, a positive way to talk about routines because day, day after day after day, we do these routines and sometimes we can just get worn down, grinded down, repeating the same thing again and again and again, like get up, Go to work, get the kids ready, do the dishes, change diapers, do chores, take people to soccer and practices and doctor's appointments and everything in between. It can be exhausting. So, this morning, Jesus wants to help us. 
And it gives us a solution to our, 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 not just our family, but really our, our entire lives, the, the routines that we day in and day out go through. And today Jesus is going give to you, give you something, not, not to put another thing on your plate, another box that you have to check, but, but he's going to give you something to add to your routine that won't stress you out more, but will energize you and give you peace as only he can. And today, to do that, we're, we're going to look at our gospel reading, particularly a couple other places, but particularly that gospel reading that we read just a few minutes ago from Matthew chapter 16. And now just a disclaimer, as we kind of start this, you're probably going to wonder, what in the world does this passage have to do with our daily routine? But, but bear with me, it does, and we'll get there, okay? Um, kind of setting the background real quick, Jesus, for the first time, was talking to his disciples about what was coming just down the road. Right? And we're even told what it is. He's talking to them about Jerusalem that they were going to go to very soon. He was talking about how he was going to be betrayed by one of their own. He was talking about how he was going to be arrested by basically the church leaders. He told them that he was going to be persecuted and ridiculed and mocked and beaten, and eventually he was going to die. Now, imagine one of your closest friends comes to you and says, hey, things are going to get really rough real soon. Maybe they even mention dying, right? How are you going to react to that? You know how Peter reacted? Peter was one of the disciples. If you know anything about Peter, Peter liked to kind of speak before he thought. He put his foot in his mouth a lot. But, but Peter, kind of the unofficial spokesman of the disciples, says, Jesus, come, come here. Hey, Jesus, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but you need to stop this. You're kind of freaking out the boys. And what you're saying, it just doesn't make sense. You're talking about an arrest. You're talking about being beaten and punished and killed. Jesus, that's not what life's about. It's not about suffering and struggle and death. So Jesus, you need to stop talking like this because it's not going to happen to you. And you heard in the reading, right, how, how Jesus responds. He says, Peter, get behind me, but it, he doesn't call him Peter, he calls him Satan. So Satan, get behind me because you're not thinking about godly things. You're not thinking about what must happen for your own good and benefit and the world's. You're thinking about earthly matters. You're thinking through the prism of human beings and not God. And so I'm not going to listen to you. Now, I'm guessing that, that when you hear Jesus talk about suffering and death and dying, that doesn't bother us that much because we know the whole story. Right? You guys know the story, don't you? Jesus did go to Jerusalem. He did suffer. He was betrayed. He was crucified. He rose from the dead, which was, Jesus told the disciples that, but that was kind of one in one ear and out the other. But, but you know he rose. You know he's victorious. You know what it means for you, that it means you're forgiven and you're saved and you get to go to heaven. So maybe Jesus saying, well, I got to go to Jerusalem and suffer and die. We're like, yeah, you're going to, and, and we're going to win because of it. But I would guess that the next few verses that Jesus speaks are a lot more bothersome if you've even ever gave him much thought at all. Because this is what he says. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple 
must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? This is not the only place where Jesus speaks some pretty tough words to us. And if there's one thing that I kind of love about Jesus is the fact that he doesn't pull any punches. He's pretty blunt. He's straightforward. Whether we always want to listen to him or not, he is. Right, because here and in other places, Jesus basically tells us, if you want to follow me, it will not be easy. In fact, in other places in the gospel, Jesus says, all men are going to hate you if you follow me. And he wasn't just talking to Peter, James, and John. He was talking to Christians in 2021 around the world, too. And Jesus actually talks a lot about what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. And again, it's, it's, it's almost, if you know all these passages, it's almost like Jesus is trying to talk people out of following him. Right? I mean, listen to what he says. If you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow me, if you're going to say, well, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, he says, okay, you must, not if you want to, not if it, it's convenient, he says, you must deny yourself. There's the cross, pick it up, let's go. I don't know about you, but I wish Jesus never said that. Because that's hard. That's not easy. Those are things where I just like, hey, no, Jesus, let's, let's just turn the page and get to some better stuff in the Gospels. And no, you didn't really say that, did you? Because Jesus here is telling us this is what it's going to cost if you're going to be my disciple. There is a cost involved. And and this is hard, right? Because we live in a culture and world that says what? Deny yourself? No, don't ever deny yourself. Do what feels good for you. Do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. Be who you want to be. It doesn't matter. Denying ourselves is not in our cultural DNA, and it's not in mine or your DNA as human beings either. This is hard stuff. Now, I think we need to talk a little bit about, well, what does this mean? Deny self, pick up your cross, follow me. I think, and the older I get, the more I study this this kind of stuff, I think it's going to look maybe a little bit different for each of us. Some similarities, but some differences, right? For instance, for some of us, denying self and picking up a cross and following Jesus might mean we have to stop being a workaholic. We have to stop chasing paychecks and rank and promotions and degrees because we have a family to attend to as well, which is a calling from God. Spouses, kids, parents. So maybe denying self means it's not about my advancement and what I can always get. Sometimes it's about the people that God has given to us to serve and love and take care of. For some of us, denying self, picking up the cross and following Jesus might mean 
we're not always right. Or we have to give up that need to always be right, right? Whenever we talk to somebody, we, we all have our opinions, and, and we all think that we have 100% truth. Maybe, just maybe, we don't. And so before we open our mouths, some of us, before we hit the, the, the send button on social media with whatever post it is, maybe we need to stop and ask ourselves, will this bring anybody closer to Jesus? And if not, maybe the button we hit is delete and not send. Maybe it's not opening our mouths, but, but keeping them shut so we can show love and Jesus to somebody else. Maybe for some of us, denying self, picking up cross, and following Jesus might mean that the world doesn't revolve around us. It's not always about what we want, what we think, what we think should happen. And that's hard, right? Because the world says, well, it is about you, and it revolves around you, and you should have whatever you want, but, but it's not. Jesus says no. Maybe for others, it's, it's reprioritizing our, our life and our finances and our talents and, and our time and how we live our lives, right? Because Jesus doesn't just say, follow me sometimes. Jesus doesn't just say, well, give me this percentage, right? Jesus wants to be Lord and King of 100% of your life. Not just 10%, not just 50, but 100. Did you know that? And this doesn't mean that you have to give all your income to church and you have to like preach sermons wherever you go, but Jesus does want to be Lord and Captain of your life in every area so that he can help you and guide you and eventually bring you home. So sometimes maybe we, we need to look at it and say denying self, picking up our cross, means submitting to Jesus and what, what he's called us to. Maybe I, I touched on one for you. Maybe I, I haven't even gotten to you because I think it's going to be different for all of us, but, but there's always some self-reflection that needs to be taking place, right? Pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. This is not easy. We're going to need Jesus' help, and the really awesome thing is Jesus doesn't ask us to do something that he didn't already do for us and in our place. Because what did Jesus do? Jesus denied himself his wants his everything i mean think about this jesus is lord of lords king of kings he created you he created everything you see the world is his and everything in it he says but he says i'm not going to use any of that or any of my power to my advantage i'm going to use it all for your advantage jesus knew from the moment he came and even told his disciples he knew what was going to happen in Jerusalem. Peter didn't know. The, the disciples really didn't know and understand it. They didn't want nothing to do with it, but Jesus knew that absolutely had to happen for us. And so Jesus came. He denied himself and his will and obeyed the will of a father, his father, our father. And then he picked up a cross, an actual, literal, real cross, where he was nailed to, and he bled out and died to save us. See, Jesus is calling us to deny self, to pick up a cross, and to follow him, 
because he knows that in the end, it's actually for our best. And the part that the disciples missed, we, we can't miss, right? Jesus said, on the third day, I'm going to rise from the dead. I'm going to declare the victory over sin, death, and hell. And so Jesus calls us to deny self, pick up cross, follow him, Yes, through suffering. Yes, through trouble. Yes, through heartache and issues and anxiety and everything else that we face in this life. And all the way even through death itself, but also through life, a resurrection, and eternity in heaven. Easy? No. But the awesome thing is, is the victory has already been won by your Savior who denied himself and picked up his cross for you. So, now some of you, as I said at the beginning, might be thinking, what in the world, Pastor, does this have to do with our daily grind, our daily routine in our families? Well, this is it. The cross, the denying self, the losing life, the following Jesus is something that he calls us to every single day. In fact, Martin Luther, you know that guy, right? You've heard about him. Ascension Lutheran Church, <laughs> kind of a big deal in, in, in Christian circles. But, but what he once said is so very biblically true. He once said the life of a Christian is this. It's daily sorrow, daily repentance, daily going back to the cross of Jesus and receiving forgiveness, peace, joy, and life. And he says we need to do that every single day. So what I want to do for you as we kind of wrap up this morning, I want to look at that theme again, the routine, and kind of look at it from a, a little bit different perspective, okay, to help this hopefully all tie together for you, right? What can you add to your daily routine that will bring you more peace, more joy, more hope, more love, more forgiveness, more certainty, more assurance than anything else? What can you add to your daily routine that can give you not just another box to check on your daily routine list, but that will actually give you comfort and rest? I could tell you what it is, but I'm going to let Jesus himself do it. This is what Jesus says in a couple chapters earlier in the book of Matthew. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And Jesus says, are you tired? Are you worn from the daily grind? Come to me. He says, are you frustrated with something going on in your life? Are, are you saddened? Are you struggling? He says, don't try to fix it or figure it out on your own. I got the answers. Come to me and I will give you rest. You're confused. You're doubting. Whatever it is, Jesus says, come. How awesome is that, right? Jesus, the, the creator of the universe, is giving you an open invitation to come to him with anything at any time, and he promises to give you rest. Think about that. Now, I have to say this, because sometimes we, we mishear this. This doesn't mean that, well, we go to Jesus, well, well, my marriage will magically be fixed and my finances will take care of themselves and that issue won't happen and that struggle and that problem and that sin that entangles, it doesn't mean that it just magically goes away. But Jesus says, 
I'll give you rest, and I'll give you peace, joy, forgiveness, and love that you will find nowhere else. Now, here's the problem, though, right? How often don't we struggle, aren't we stressed, don't we have those issues, and maybe, just maybe, it's because we're not actually going regularly to the one that's invited us to come to him. I know in my own life, this bears true. I can even think, maybe, maybe some of you can relate. I mean, the last three, four weeks for us as a church family has been kind of rough. Some of you have stayed healthy, and thank God for that, but, but over half of our church came down with COVID. Some of you are still at home watching because you're struggling, and, and that doesn't even include other stuff going on in your families. My own family dealing with two different deaths, a broken arm, Right, in like a three-week period, and sometimes it's easy to be like, ah, and you get stressed. But but, but maybe we we react that way because we didn't go to the guy who said, come to me. You know, one of the things I I, I try to ask when I'm talking to somebody, whether it's an official counseling session or not, they're telling me how, oh, life is, I'm busy, I'm stressed, I'm hurting, I'm struggling, whatever it is. I'll look at them and say, how's your devotional life? Are you going to Jesus at his invitation? And you know what I almost always hear? I almost wanted to say 10 out of 10, but I'm going to say like 9.8 out of 10. The answer almost to a T is no. Not regularly. Not like, like Jesus calls us to. And then I think, right, it's, it's kind of like if you're sick, you go to the doctor, the doctor says, I have the shot, the medicine, the procedure, whatever, and that will help your, your health issue. In fact, we can cure it, it's proven, we got it, and you're like, yeah, I don't know about that. I think I'll take my chances at home. And then two weeks later, why, why am I still sick? You didn't take the medicine that was offered that could help, right? Same way with our walk of faith. I'm struggling, I'm, I'm, I'm sad, I'm stressed, I'm all these things, and why doesn't anything change? Well, sometimes it's because we don't go to the one who says, I can help. And again, we're all guilty of this. I've been guilty the last three, four weeks and a lot of the struggles in my own family, and, and you struggle too. And I get it, right? We don't have time for that. We got busy lives, there's so many things happening. And that's why, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to treat God and his invitation to come to him just like you treat work, school, practices, and everything in between. You're going to have to put it on your calendar and be intentional. Right? If you want to maybe get healthier, you've got to go to the gym and start eating better and get proper rest or it's not just going to happen. You have to be intentional. Right? You want to make sure your finances are, are, are secure? Well, then you're going to have to get a budget. You're going to have to maybe watch your spending. You're going to have to do things. It's not just going to happen. The same with your walk of faith. It's not just going to happen, friends, and you know that. You're going to have to be intentional. Now, again, th this is one of those, there's not one size that, that fits all. For some of you, maybe it's going to be this. You're going to have to get up at, at, at the crack of dawn before anybody else in the house gets up and grab your cup of coffee or whatever it is you like to have and, and just spend 5, 10, 15 minutes in God's Word. For some of you, 
You're not a morning person at all, but you're a night owl. Good. Then it's going to be your nighttime routine that you're just going to have to be unapologetic. Maybe it's, it's yourself. Maybe it's with the spouse or the kids or whoever, and that's just part of the bedtime routine, and you just make it part of that routine. You brush your teeth, we get some Jesus every night. Hard? Yes. But it can be done if we're intentional, right? Some of you, it might be this. You might have to carve out 20 minutes, 10 minutes at your desk, at the office, during your lunch break. Some of you, maybe it's listening to that podcast of your favorite preacher, or, or, or there's plenty of apps, Bible apps, that they actually read it to. You don't even have to read. I mean, right? You can just pull up the Bible app and somebody will speak it to you. And you might have to do that on your way to or from school or work or picking up the kids in the, the pickup line. Maybe that's what you have to do. Whatever it is, find a way. Go to Jesus. Take him up at his invitation because he wants to give you rest. And maybe, just maybe, right, we, we, we're going to turn to our first scripture reading today. And, and maybe kind of taking a, a play or a page out of Moses' playbook, right? Do you remember what he said? He said this. He said, impress them. He's talking about God's word. He said, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. What's Moses' point? His point is this. Take Jesus and his words with you wherever you go. Right? You're not just a Christian for an hour or two when you walk in these doors, and when you walk out, it's kind of like you take it, you set it aside. No, 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 no. Jesus, and everywhere in Scripture, like Moses says, take Jesus with you. Take him to work. Take him to the classroom. Take him to the soccer matches. Take him to the long car rides. And as you go through the struggles of life, apply Jesus and his word to them. Now, this doesn't mean you have to walk around, and again, like I said earlier, preaching sermons and, and all of that 24-7, but your words, your actions, how we live, God calls us to be different. And again, for you, okay, find what's going to work. I know some people who do this, and I did this for a little while, at least in my office. Write a Bible verse on a sticky note or something, put it on your computer or your refrigerator, and I know some people that even memorize it, and that's just the one verse they memorize as a family and they talk about for two, three minutes and they have a prayer. Nobody says you have to have a two-hour Bible study every day. But just that little bit, right? You're going to Jesus, he's feeding you, he's giving you rest. For some of you, maybe it's other Christian art. You have things on your wall at home that, that maybe it just it, it clicks in you and it just helps you to remember, even for a moment, ah, that's what Jesus said, that's what he did for me. Some of you, you've just been unapologetic. You've told me this, like, hey, after dinner, me, the wife, the kids, we sit down and we read a chapter of the Bible every night. It's not negotiable because it's in our schedule and routine. Some of you, maybe it's something different. But again, whatever it is, get into God's word. Make it a part of your daily routine because Jesus wants to be in that routine every day so that he can give you 
peace, joy, hope, confidence, forgiveness, and love, right? I, I can't help but think, I said this before, sometimes we struggle because we actually don't take him at his invitation, right? You, you know the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus? It's kind of an old school classic. What does it say? What, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our griefs and pains to bear. But then he says, but, but how often we, we struggle because we're not actually going to him. All the peace we sometimes forfeit, we choose to give up because we didn't go to Jesus. Go to him. He's invited you to come to him. He, he's not going to keep the doors locked. He's not going to push you away. The, the, you, you can't say, well, I've been too bad this week. I've let him down too much. He already knows that, and he already forgave it. So go to him. Take him up on his offer. Because you guys know that life is hard. The routines... <laughs> It's a struggle. And so Jesus says, I know it is, so come to me. If you're struggling, maybe today something's weighing you down. Sickness, a relationship problem, financial stuff, sickness, death, whatever it is, those are hard things. Jesus says, come to me. So go to him. Turn to his word. Because there you will hear how much he loves you and what he's done for you. There you will find the strength and courage to face each new day. There he will equip you and energize you and help you. Go through whatever comes your way. Even the really bad stuff. He will help you deny self. He will carry that cross with you and for you because he's already done it. All the way through the struggle, the suffering, the pain. All the way to victory on the other side in heaven. So go to him. Amen.